Hello and welcome back to Podcasting as Praxis. I'm David, my pronouns are he and him. I'm James, my pronouns are they and them. I'm Jamie, my pronouns are he and him. And that's that's all we've got. That's just the three of us. Um, we, we struggle, um, apparently, to get everyone together for an episode just now. So, hooray for scheduling issues. Uh, see also fucked up release schedule. So, yeah, never mind. So, in Rob's absence, I have been responsible for doing the notes, which meant I didn't do all the notes, so I had to voice some of them onto James, because I don't know what a work ethic is. Um, don't ask me to work ethic. I'm only I'm only conversant with a work ethic medicinally, so uh, yeah, we're fine. Mm. Um, yeah. All right, in terms of little news nuggets, uh... I hear there was a bit of a kickoff around about the cenotaph on the weekend. Do you guys catch this? It was a bit. It was a bit niche. What didn't really make the news much, as far as I heard. That was the um. That was the the, the being communist screaming for um Israeli blood constantly all around the cenotaph chanting, wasn't it? Oh, it was yeah. them. Yeah, it was the left. Yeah, so yeah, something like that. I think. I think they they were saying something like between the river and the sea, we must commit like mass genocide. Some I don't know. It, it was all a bit I vague, but. Wouldn't you know, I, I checked accounts after the fact, and it turned out that maybe it was a bunch of fascists at the Cenotaph, shock horror. Um, maybe it seems that a bunch of, like, basically Ingerland types shouting, where's your fucking poppy? And I'm not even joking, there's a video of a guy literally doing that. <laughs> I've seen that. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, <laughs> he said the line. The, he said the line. Uh, they all took to the Cenotaph for the purposes of protecting it against the communists. And uh, that no communist came anywhere near the cenotaph, and so instead they kicked off with the police. Well, that, that yeah. just shows it worked. Yeah, it was it was just a normal remembrance day thing. Like there was a bunch of fascists around the cenotaphs, and all the communists went, "Nah, fuck that." <laughs> I yeah, as as one way to look at it. Um, yeah. But this has had this has had consequences, which are worth talking about because um, you know Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, is the one who basically set the whole narrative in motion that the you know commies were coming for your cenotaph you better lock it up um <laughs> did you see barry just as an aside did you see the photograph of the police that got what stuck cenotaphs the in cenotaph? your area yeah but did you see the four police officers got stuck standing at the four corners of the cenotaph overnight to save it from being nicked or whatever it seriously <laughs> yes it was great uh just four the police guards. yeah exactly right <laughs> Just uh, like I think they they thought that like Hamas would turn up and wheel it away or something. It's just really <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, so the next day on on the actual Remembrance Day on so a Saturday, the Fas showed up, and because they didn't have anyone else to fight, and they were there for a fight, they fought the police. Um, this has led to Suella Braverman being fired because even the press were kind of clamoring for her to go because that was such a monumental fuck up. And uh, today, not long before this recording. She sent her, like, you know, I'm gone letter, and it oh, is well, a marvel. Before all that, like, the, the reason that she gets sacked is because she, like, it's not because of what she actually did with, like, the, the cops and that. It's because she wrote an article for The Telegraph and didn't edit it in the way that Downing Street wanted her to edit it. That that was the actual reason. She, she spoke Seriously, out of Seriously, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. So that article that she did about how um, homelessness is a choice, actually, um, and it should uh -huh. be illegal for charities to give out tents. Um, uh -huh. That that article was uh, not edited down enough on the the cop side of things. It's impressive um, that she has a finger on so many pulses. <laughs> so hang on, Downing Street. Well, Downing Street didn't get sight of the article. And they said, oh, this is too nakedly fash even for us. You're gone. Is that very... No, they, that they, the... they sought and suggested changes and she didn't do them all or something. Yeah. Um, the, the changes were... I don't even think the fucking tent stuff was part of the changes because that was actually... That was already to some degree slated for legislation in some fashion, mm -hmm. which yeah. has now been dropped. Um, but the, uh, the, the whole politicisation of the the march and by politicization i mean begging the nazis to come guard the cenotaph because the communists were coming to fucking reenact the siege of fucking st petersburg or whatever like just <laughs> fuck off 
So that was the reason they fired her. It's just because she put it in a fucking Telegraph article. Jesus. Pretty wept. much. I mean, it's it, it's definitely not out of some sort of compassionate thing because I've I've checked what government we have and I don't yeah. think that's their MO. Yeah. Okay, fair. Well, that that explains a lot of the cattiness in her because the letters are thing of beauty. Um, can I just read you like the first sentence of this because this sets the tone for the rest of it? Oh, please. Okay, so. Dear Prime Minister, Good start. Thank you for your phone call yesterday morning in which you asked me to leave government. While disappointing, this is for the best. It's like the most passive-aggressive like intro. Yeah. <laughs> and so she, she goes on. It is like a, a three-page letter, and I'm going to spare you because a lot of it is just like boilerplate bullshit. It has been my privilege to serve as Home Secretary. want to thank everyone, etc., etc. Um, And then she gets the things that I'm proud we did, right? She uh, said she's proud to deliver on 20,000 new police officers, um, enacting the Public Order Act 2023 and the National Security Act 2023, um, on reforming antisocial behaviour, police dismissals and standards, reasonable lines of inquiry, grooming gangs, knife crime, non-crime hate incidents, and rape and serious sexual offences. It's all just just like fash central. But anyway... Mm. um, then we get into the part where she just like fucking you know goes off. I'm and... surprised. I'm surprised she didn't mention uh, fucking laughing gas. <laughs> Maybe she mentions it later in the letter. Sorry, actually. gas. I can't remember. <laughs> um. So here's where we go. As you know, I accepted your offer to serve as Home Secretary in October 2022 on certain conditions. Oh. Despite you having been, re- despite you having been rejected by a majority of party members during the summer leadership contest, and thus having no personal mandate to be prime minister, I Quality. agreed to support you because of the firm assurances you gave me on key policy priorities. These were, among other things, one, reduce overall legal migration as set out in the twenty nineteen manifesto, um, etc., etc. Uh, two, include specific notwithstanding clauses into new legislation to stop the boats, i.e. exclude the operation of the European <laughs> Convention on Human Rights, Human Rights Act, and other international law that had thus far obstructed the process. Three, deliver the Northern Ireland Protocol and retained EU law bills in their uh, then-existing form and timetable. Four, issue unequivocal statutory guidance to schools that protects biological sex, safeguards oh. single-sex spaces, and empowers parents to know what being taught to their children. So these are the things she highlights as, you promised me we'd do this. This Good was a document know. with... Mm, this was a document with clear terms to which you agreed in October 22 during your second leadership campaign. I trusted you. It is generally agreed that my support was a pivotal factor in winning the leadership contest and thus enabling you to become Prime Minister. Is it now? Didn't she literally run against him? For a year, as Home Secretary, I have sent numerous letters to you on the key subjects contained in our agreement, made requests to discuss them with you and your team, and put forward proposals on how we might deliver these goals. I worked up the legal advice, policy detail, and action to take on these issues. This was often met with equivocation, disregard, and a lack of interest. Dear Prime Minister, why have you left me on red? Red, yes. (laughs) You have manifestly and repeatedly failed to deliver on every single one of these key policies. Either your distinctive style of government means you're incapable of doing so, or, and that's just a sentence, or, as I must surely conclude now, you never had any intention of keeping your promises. Um, And she goes on, you know, these are not just pet interests of mine, these are what we promised the British people... Um, our deal was no mere promise over dinner. Um, I love this line. Our deal was no mere promise over dinner to be discarded when convenient and denied when challenged. Like, all right, okay, just, interesting insight into the home life there. Yeah, a little bit. She's bear in mind this is like just after this is like a page and a bit, and it goes on for like another like you know two pages more or less. Uh, where she just goes on, she like talks about Rwanda partnership and um, you know. We were going to do this, um, you know, your rejection of this path was not merely a betrayal of our agreement, but a betrayal of your promise to the nation that you would do whatever it takes to stop the boats. Um, Fucking hell. At every stage of litigation, I cautioned you and your team against assuming we would win, etc, etc. Um, you opted instead for wishful thinking. This irresponsibility has wasted time, left a country in an impossible situation. Um, talks about expecting to lose in the Supreme Court and, you know, how it's all his fault. Um, I can only surmise that this is because you have no appetite for doing what is necessary. (laughs) Fash alarm is going off really loud. Mm -hmm, And therefore, mm -hmm. no real intention of fulfilling your pledge to the British people. If, on the other hand, we win in the Supreme Court, yada, yada, yada. um, 
It will and hold it down to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then she comes back with another cause for disappointment, and the context for my recent article in The Times, which I now get better now that you've explained that, has been your failure to rise to the challenge posed by increasingly vicious anti-Semitism and extremism displayed in our streets since Hamas's terrorist at- atrocities on 7th October. Um... Uh, this is, she is a terrible writer. This is this next paragraph. I have become hoarse urging you to, continue, to consider legislation to ban the hate marches, marches and <laughs> help stem the rising tide of racism, intimidation, terrorist glorification, threatening community cohesion. Just fucking hell. <laughs> She's become pantomime horse. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dire. It's really dire. Um, I know. I know we'd to... like to pick up on when, like, you know, when we say the thing, other than uh, fucking changing the name of the group chat. But you did say hate Margies there, and I just got a vision of <laughs> Baz with the big blue wig on, and it really, really, really tickled me. Hate, hate Margies, simple as yeah. <laughs> I regret to Love say that potato, responsive. simple as. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing a Baz with like a, a Homer-like potato muppet and like a, you know, Marge on the other hand. Anyway, I regret to say that your response has been uncertain, weak, and lacking in the qualities of leadership that this country needs. Rather than fully acknowledge the severity of this threat, your team disagreed with me for weeks that the law needed changing. Um, and she just, goes, she just basically goes in on him, calling him weak, saying he's putting off good decision. She says, someone needs to be honest. Your plan is not working. We've endured, endured record election defeats. Your resets have failed and we're running out of time. You need to change course oh. urgently. Um, and then she finishes with... Tom right, Rishi, no! <laughs> yeah. I will, of course, continue to support the government in pursuits of policies which align with an authentic conservative agenda. Sincerely. And then she signs off. Not even a yours faithfully or a yours sincerely or anything like that. Just sincerely. Um, yeah. So there Scathing. you go. <laughs> yeah. Not even kind regards. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. She just, she's oh. real full on throwing the toys out the pram with it. Like, she's going I mean, with both feet. Good. And... Good. It's always really, really funny when these dickheads do that shit. Like, I love seeing them just screaming into the void of slightly yellow paper. It's I will I will give good. a small shout out to I will give a small shout out to Count Binface, who I don't like to give too much credit, but he he's the top reply uh, in the Twitter thread where she announced it and he just wrote, But did you like him? <laughs> Which is uh yeah, I think I think pretty much sums up the sentiment. Mm. Fucking this is gonna I, I'm fairly confident now that this is gonna turn into a Barney in the Conservative Party, parliamentary party, that is. Um I don't think it'll oust Rishi in any way, shape or form. But uh, it's still. I don't know. I don't think it really fucking matters at this point. Like, because I've still, for my sins, I still have. Personally, I look forward to like fucking Prime Minister Suella making Keir Starmer like illegal for terrorism and having him shot. (laughs) 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 Yeah, there are there are little things I suppose to look forward to. That's all we can hope for. Um. No, I I still, from a sense, follow some like accounts from back in back in the days of Corbyn, etc., and like momentum and like fucking uh, this is fucking name again, Bergen, Richard Bergen. Aye, we're right on a good riddance train. Now all we need is a general. It's let's shut the fuck up. Nothing has materially changed. Fucking cleverly's in there now. Like, you can only expect the worst fucking possible decisions to occur at the home office level now, which, coincidentally, is what you can always expect to occur at the home office level. So, like, nothing materially has changed, nothing materially will change, especially not if you want fucking Yvette Cooper in there, you daft cunts. Oh, dear. Just, yeah, fucked. Um, just on the note of the, the, the reshuffle stuff, though, um, because there was, like, a slight reshuffle. Coffee, Therese Coffee fucked off from environment. She just, she just apparently fucking meant nah okay I've had enough now which is fine because she's just materially shit at everything she's ever fucking done um, but the, the the fun thing that occurred was uh, Esther McVeigh getting a ministerial mm-hmm. brief to to counter the scourge of vocary <laughs> what's great is that technically it's minister without portfolio so clearly what's happened is they've went... We it's Minister Without Bolton. Portfolio because someone has realised you can't actually write that down on a fucking <laughs> yeah. pay slip. 
Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what I think they basically went is, uh, we kind of need her politically, but she's fucking hopeless. So can we like make her a minister without portfolio and then tell her something to make her happy? Go on, Esther, you're, you're, you're against Wokery. How's that? And she fucking lapped it up. So Yeah. I mean, Michael Gove made a living off that shit for years, so it's mm. obviously a fucking decent gig if you can get it. I quite like the sound of a job where it's like, we'll pay you, you don't have any specific responsibilities. Okay, I'll do that. Sign me up. It's fucking quality. Well, I mean, it's a nice sinecure if you can get it. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. and then, of course, um, the, the other part of a reshuffle, which I don't know how deep we want to go into, is, uh, I believe it's Daddy's Back. Is that right, David? Is that how you say oh, it? Daddy's Back? Oh, fuck off. Daddy's Home? Fuck off. That uh, was fucking David. horrible. <laughs> David yeah, lock Cameron's up your pigs. Been... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brings a whole new terror to the pork markets. Uh, David Cameron <laughs> is to be, uh, you know, the uh, foreign secretary, supposedly. Um, yeah, that's cool. There's some, there's some arguments about this, because to make him foreign secretary, they have to point him to the House of Lords, and his question yep. is whether the green skill, the excuse me, green sill scandal should rule him out, um, which will go nowhere. He'll get appointed, and he'll they'll bring him in. But, uh, yeah, still... it would be very funny though. I think we talked about that fucking like two years ago or some shit. Whenever mm-hmm. it fucking actually came out, like, I'm sure I'm sure we did talk about that. So like I don't know, find the old episode. I'm not a fucking contents page, uh. But yeah, but I'm sure we did talk about it. Rob will probably talk about it at some point if we if we haven't, and if we did, it was him that talked about it. So yeah, yeah. uh. But that's that's good. Everything's 2010 again. Fantasy football politics can reoccur now. Um. Finally, the good Tory. Uh, he wasn't responsible for austerity. That was George Osborne. Don't be silly. Are we going to have another opening ceremony? What would we open? I hope is the so. Question at this point. Fire. Oh no! What they should open is the woods. <laughs> did that? Did that? I, I heard that got cancelled. Did it get cancelled? That did get cancelled. It... it did. Oh. It did. Or at least I don't I mean, think that... it was cancelled. I think it entered that like nether realm of financial project that's never quite dead. Like. It's just like Who a small says black we don't hole have any of... influence. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did some great advertisement for The Woods. Yeah. I mean, Everyone should have been looking forward it. to The Woods. Yeah. We're committed to going to it if it opens. So, you know, I'm, I'm a six and a half dozen on it, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. well. Anyway, is anything else opening back up? Well, funny you mention that, David, because I do have some good news from across the pond. Um... We talked extensively about SAG-AFTRA and the Writers Guild of America. And then the Writers yep. Guild of America won their strike, but SAG-AFTRA was still fighting. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, if one of them won, the other's got to lose. There's balancing it. Nope, nope, strike is over and SAG-AFTRA won, baby. And they won hard okay. by the sounds of it. Um, what exactly so, did they win? Because I've been really out of the loop on this. i just seen that it was over and it wasn't a bad thing that it was over. So what's the score? So uh, there is some there's some deals on the contract which are fun, but in SAG after his own words, uh, own words, excuse me, they they're going to take that guy from Warner Brothers out and beat him in the street. <laughs> maybe, maybe they did. Maybe that's how they ended it. We don't know. Um, <clears throat> we in a contract value, in a contract valued at over one billion dollars, we have achieved a deal of extraordinary scope that includes above pattern minimum compensation increases, aka they got better than they were asking for. Unprecedented Good. provisions for consent and compensation that will protect members from the threat of AI, and for the first time, Good. establishes a streaming participation bonus, aka they get residuals from streams. Um, Fucking our pension, yeah. Our pension and health caps have been substantially raised, which will bring much needed value to our plans. In addition, the deal includes numerous improvements for multiple categories, including outsized compensation increases for background performers and critical contract provisions protecting diverse communities. Um, so nice. that's like. That's like the broad scope of it. There's some other particulars. Um, they're, they've, they're now intimacy coordinators and now like that's solidified in. You must have them if you're going to be doing nudity or any kind of sexual content on set. Um, which means that, you know, hopefully new talent and older talent, I suppose, will be far less exploited, frankly. Yep. And not made to do things that make them uncomfortable. Um, they also, the protections against the threat of AI are pretty good, though um, there's a wrinkle in this which is the initial contract submitted, apparently buried in it, was a provision that said, oh yeah, and you give us permission for to take any dead actors' likenesses without having to negotiate with SAG-AFTRA or the dead actors' estate. Um, oh. that, 
Yeah, just grim. Uh, that got caught, and to my knowledge, that's not in the deal that's being put forward to members, essentially. Um, but yeah, it's like, it, it's basically they got way over what they asked for. Um, they, you know, they started with the, the pattern of negotiations was this is what we're going to demand, and they got more than they demanded. Um, they apparently just, like, totally brought them to their knees and got more or less everything they wanted by the sounds of it. Um, I think it, um, they should have left that dead actors thing in because I, I think be a very entertaining cyberpunk future where like major motion picture studios had incentive to kill actors <laughs> <laughs> but there's, a, there's other there's other little little bits and pieces so like the the compensation for background actors they've got a pay bump that's quite very quite good from what i've heard it's like way above what they were asking for um nice. there's also protections to make sure that background actors will not be replaced by ai I don't know if you've saw it going around, but there was this fucking still from some Disney something where it had like a row of regular actors at the front um, of like a, I guess a basketball game. It's the crowd, the front rows, normal actors, but all the back rows are like AI monstrosities. It's really fucking disturbing. Yeah. So that's are, we sure, are we sure that wasn't just a Star Wars? <laughs> I mean, what was was basketball called in Star Wars? Do we call it like, I don't know, fucking hula hoop or some shit like that? Like Jiskitball. <laughs> uh, soggy jizz kit is now in my head and I don't like oh, it. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the AI protections they've got apparently require informed consent and fair compensation for any living or dead performer. We'll see what the practicalities of that work out to, but I'm willing to take them as like, you know, on face value that they're happy with it. Um, mm. but there's other nice things like they've got new makeup and hairstyling requirements including experts for performers with diverse hair textures and skin types, a.k.a. you need to hire makeup and hairstyling specialists who can work with non-white skin and hair. Excellent. Which sounds crazy that they have to specify that, but apparently that's like a big problem in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. Where they just, like, they hire people to work on skin and hair, and it's people who basically know how to do white actors, and thus all the, you know other ethnicities uh, get screwed and end up, like, not looking their best, um, which causes, like, a whole thing. So, so yeah, so that's all... Um, that's all looking good, frankly. Um, Excellent. There's also um, a little bit that they, they managed to get, um, and Crabtree Ireland, <laughs> if you remember that name, um, the guy <laughs> in charge of these negotiations, he said, yep. no use of a digital replica can be used to evade engagement and payment of a background actor under this contract. So, like, my, my understanding is that the contract allows them to, like, if they're doing, like, a big fuck-off scene like Helm's Deep or, like, any of the Game of Thrones mass battles or whatever, where it's, like, hundreds of thousands. Or a uh, uh, Star Wars Zero-G Cum Hoop Championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I you don't actually need to pay that. extras for a Game of Thrones big battle because you can't see any of them, so they don't have yeah. any screen time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, so my understanding is we're allowed to do it for that. But if it's anything where the person could vaguely be distinguishable, then it's got to be background actors properly as how they've negotiated it, which might lead to better TV, to be totally honest, as far as I'm concerned. So, it might sure. lead to all films being remakes of The Fog. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh. um, just true fact stated, um, the 118 day shutdown was the longest in the union's 90 year history. So... They, they won hard by fighting harder than they ever fought before. And <clears throat> the, com- the combination of the actors and writer strikes is estimated to cost the California economy more than $6.5 billion. Um, so yeah, And they so, said they so valued they go, this at, what, a billion? Yeah, they, they reckon the contract is worth a billion. Ha-ha, <laughs> so, sounds like you fucked up. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the principle of, of strikes, isn't it? You cost them so much, but eventually it's cheaper just to pay yeah. you off. Um, and it works. So, you know, yep. that is now... That's once two again, two on... once again, bullying works. Hello, it's me to interrupt me. Um, we may have jumped the gun a little bit on this saga after stuff. And it looks like the deal isn't quite as good as it could be. Um, so, yeah, we'll just need to wait and see. But with any luck, um, it gets bounced back and the people who are still having issues with it decide that they can get something done with it. Otherwise, mm, who knows? But um, either way, uh, fuck the bosses, all the workers.
But yeah, I mean, it's, it's from our perspective, that's two for two on major strikes that have got everything they wanted and more. So if you're sitting at home and you're taking notes, uh, join a union. Join a good union. Yeah. Join a union that's prepared yeah. to fight. Well, I do want to talk about some union stuff. Uh, but before we get to that, I'd like to thank uh, The Mirror for some hard-hitting journalism for bringing us oh. an exclusive story. Um from uh completely more somehow more cooked than other economic think tanks the growth commission and also oh, liz trust yeah uh oh. so this exclusive news story which is an exclusive about a policy paper that the shortest lived pm in history commission nine months after she was deposed uh was was put out today which is great and i oh, thought on, we'd she, have a hang on did she commission it while she was pm no, she commissioned it nine months ago. Oh, right. So after the, after she got turfed out, yes. she commissioned this thing. Yeah. All right, normal, sure, okay. Yeah, and it's news, and, and we should be talking about it. Um, but I did think, actually, it is worth talking about, partly because I'm going to echo something that Rob said a while ago, that this is the, the really fringe, weird shit that is really trying to push into the party. Like... What was the fucking like, eugenics fucking convention or whatever the fuck it was not too long ago? Oh, that the, was... the National Conservatives, they called themselves. That's, yeah, that's the one. So like, that kind of mob, this is the, this is another little wing of that kind of fringe of the Tories. And I just thought it'd be interesting to see what it is that they're putting forward. Um, and also, it's a fun little trip into the path not taken. You know, a whimsical wee jaunt into what we never lived to see. Um Remember, this is coming from like the the group that gave us the the disastrous mini budget, which to this day Rachel Reeves is still suffering from. So <laughs> you know, it's important to give this the the attention it really deserves. So thank you, the Mirror, for this exclusive story. Uh the problem is though that I looked at it and I thought, you know what, I'll do a rob and I'll actually read the fucking report, and I read some of it. Maybe most of it. I know it was it was bad, but I did go into final underscore growth budget twenty twenty three digital spread brackets one dot pdf. Um, <laughs> that's the actual fucking. We love final. we love a brackets one. Like <laughs> I, I just yeah. I'm surprised it just doesn't have final final on the end. <laughs> like that's F- final is in all caps right at the start. So yeah, uh, just so, so you don't miss it, um, and then you know fucking copy paste it in a fucked up way quality uh so yeah it was boring as fuck for the most part and it was mostly to explain its methodology which i don't understand or care about because numbers are for nerds so um instead i just tried to look for the kind of headline actual policy stuff in it and thought you know what there's probably some stuff in there oh boy is there some stuff in there are we so, um are we really expected to work under these conditions which conditions Rob, like, fucking sending us messages in the work chat about how much wine he's drinking in Berlin. What a prick. <laughs> Fuck you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Dear, dear, dear. Okay, so, um, back there. Just think about it this way. He's drinking I'm going to unionise and demand get... that I get Ribena during podcast recording. <laughs> no one is stopping you from getting Ribena. Cool, I'll I'm, be back in 20 minutes. Just... As the juice sage, shouldn't you be providing it? Oh no, no! I'm only here for advice. I'm here in an yeah. advisory capacity. More, only. more of a juice saw than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking dare you! I'll be back in five minutes. I'm just going to see Hitler in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> see if he's working the cold or not. <laughs> Okay, yeah, Rob can talk about his wines in the fucking the work chat all he likes, uh, but I read a report and he didn't, so actually we're both <laughs> loser. Uh, so yeah, uh, the scope of this whole thing uh, is quoted, I've got here, um, at the launch of the Growth Commission, one of our commissions, one of our commissioners pointed out that the U- had the US grown its GDP per capita only 1% per annum slower than it did that it in fact did from 1890 to 1980, its economy would have been smaller than Mexico's by 1980. Much to think about. Mm. 
although we estimate that our proposals will only add 23.4% to GDP per capita growth over the next 20 years, this is 1.1% of GDP per annum, above that original 1%. Well done, everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's really just, here's a bunch of really fucked up and stupid changes, and this is the, the meagre amount of fucking change it would make. It's, it's a lot of pain for fuck all real gain. So, on the note of fiscal policy, the problem here is that high inflation was predicted in advance by a range of experienced outside observers to whom the Monetary Policy Commission have appeared to pay little or no attention. And it is hard to escape the view that the problems of the Monetary Policy Commission reflect structural causes about how the, com the committee is constituted. Here we go. The solution to that there should be an obligation on the Chancellor to ensure that appointments to the MPC reflect a wide range of economic views about monetary policy, and that this obligation should be monitored by the Treasury Committee of the House of Commons. What that's code so, for it, is, none of us were allowed to go on the board. We want on the board. Let us on the board. They want to, they want to fucking both sides, like the, and not in a good way, they want to both sides the economy. They want to, they want to be, basically get their, like, psycho nutcase like absolute crazies in to be able to say well yes but if you thought of just getting rid of tax like i love it it's <laughs> yeah. great yeah. yeah there aren't enough insane libertarians present in those meetings actually and we have a dearth of them here uh so just a few key policy areas um housing uh the solution to fixing housing is that they don't like planning rules and they're the reason that we don't have more house building. But that wouldn't affect the price of houses. I my house if I want to. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't affect the price of house building, uh, of houses though. Like, so it wouldn't collapse the market. And in fact, actually, the, the UK market is tens of billions of pounds undervalued to what it could be at the moment had the government only done the right thing, which is an insane thing to say about the UK fucking housing market. Uh, they have we're, a, we're a section. Lucky it stands up at all, frankly. Like, yeah. given where we're at. But anyway. Yeah, it only exists through fear of the alternative. That's the only reason that it continues to exist. Just absolute bloody mindedness at not dying. There's a full section titled Smart Net Zero and Energy, which is, you know, not actually as fun as you would think. Because, you know, libertarians, net zero, that's going to be fucking good. Uh, but they don't really have that much to say about the net zero. I'm pretty sure they just stuck that in the title and just kind of hoped that would carry them through any criticism of it. But what they've identified as problems here is that there's not the enough government. competition. Well, yes, actually. There's not enough competition at the generation level of electricity. And also, the national grid company is a monopoly, which is bad. <laughs> what are they proposing yeah, then? We uh we like link the age of consent to like climate emissions <laughs> or something. Um well, they, they they didn't they didn't go as far with this one to actually make any like key recommendations, which was very, very brave of them. Uh they they just kind of said we we commissioned a, a sub report which said that it's bad that that's a monopoly. Okay, I don't think they, they need to do a report for that, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think the issue is that they can't say, hey, we want Texas's power system, because then everyone would go, well, then you'd get Texas's power system, which is notoriously yeah. shitty. <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, here are yeah, some problems. There's... We're not pointing towards solutions because the solutions have been proven to be terrible, but we want them anyway. Is It's a vibe, man. Yeah, there's a very good reason that even when that was privatised, it was never fucking split up. There's a very, very good reason for that. Um, also, they said that it's bad that you're not allowed to regionally discriminate energy prices because it stifles <laughs> innovation. Yeah. Taking, taking my battery down to England where it doesn't work in the remotes because it's region locked. Love it. Yes, fantastic. <laughs> Oh, uh, transport infrastructure is another nice, fun area. Uh, 
network rails a monopoly. That's also bad. That should be broken up. But also, at the same time, what we should do is break up the big regional monopolies of uh, franchises and do Just on have everyone rail own their own competition. Train. Honestly, it's not far off that, yeah. They genuinely want you to be able to pick from three separate services on the same railway line. That's that's absolutely fine. I mean, around here, I can't, I can't really even pick from one separate service, so <laughs> look forward to yeah. that. Yeah. Um, well, it doesn't... I know, it's fucked, but it doesn't really matter. We can kind of forgive them for being completely insane on that because the direct quote from the report, the quality of transport infrastructure is an important arterial sector which has a significant impact on GDP per capita. There has been much debate in the UK on the quality of its rail sector, but we should note that most journeys in the UK are made by car. I wonder why that is. Yeah, Mm. why? Fucking hell. Um, They do have stuff to say about cars, which is fucking amazing. Strap in. Go on. Is it... Ultimately... My girlfriend shouldn't have to sit in a booster seat. (laughs) (laughs) ultimately it is unlikely that modern modes of propulsion can be implemented without moving to a more modern system of financing roads through user pricing come again yeah you know you know that um that that post about the libertarian and he 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 pays the money for this and he pays the money for that and he does everything and he pays to use the roads it's literally that yes oh jesus Based on based on uh like need and frequency of use, and that would determine the price that you would pay. Can't wait for like surge pricing, but like on the like drive to the shops. Yeah, literally that is a thing that is effectively fucking put in. Yeah. That it should be done by like rush hour should cost you more money to use the road. I I don't know. I agree that fundamentally you know, I, I think I don't get as much benefit from lorries delivering goods to the shops as other people because I don't go out uh-huh. to the shops. So I think I should pay less for the roads as a yep. consequence, right? That's well, sane and normal and good. What you would maybe assume here is that what would what would happen is that businesses, etc., would be able to avoid that kind of shit because they're businesses and they can cut deals with government. However... What they are putting forward is that a user authority representing those who pay for and use the roads only to oversee the road pricing mechanism and ensure the money other than that paid to the government is spent on roads. So it wouldn't actually be the government deciding this, it would be some other group that would sorry, decide how that I'm all just, works. I've yeah. got, a, I've wait, got a fucking I'm migraine. sorry, I, wait, I'm going to fucking give it, I'm going to make it an aneurysm. A Barnet formula working out the share of the road pricing revenue that should be taken by the government. <laughs> My brain just crashed. I'm gone. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you think if you think about it, cyclists and small children should pay more for road upkeep because, like, you know, cycle lanes and like speed bumps and stuff to keep them both mm. safe. We could just do without those, couldn't we? So really, they should be paying up to upkeep the roads. I was like, at first, David, I thought you were saying they should make a motorist tribute a tribune of the motorists essentially to speak on behalf of the people when it came to like road policy but no it's dumber than that it's hey how about yep. we how about we make scotland to the roads like, yeah it's like getting rid of the scottish devolved parliament and making the devolved road parliament i just can't fucking yeah bear in mind that they expect this to increase gdp and make life better off for everyone yeah. Open Windows theory, except it's like, hey, if we break a window, someone has to fix it. That works. Like, Jesus. Yeah. I'm always saying that, like, GDP has a direct, like, a noticeable effect on how much I spend at the shops. Well, of course, because when you find out that GDP is rising, that means your lifetime earnings are likely to increase. And therefore, you can retroactively say that comparatively, you have more money coming to you in the future, which means that mm-hmm. proportionally, you are free to spend more of your money now. So you go out and buy a sofa. That's how the economy works, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 I well, put it all into my rational like... investment portfolio and I, I go to Tesco. Is, that is genuine economic orthodoxy I just quoted to you. It's insane. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to need to see if I can track down that libertarian post. Like, sick of the fucking No, it's not. 
It's not. It's a propaganda role. It's straight up propaganda. Like, if you want to learn how the economy works, if you want to actually be useful to business, you go into business school, which is all basically, hey, here's labor exploitation, but from the, you know, capitalist perspective and with the numbers filed off. And then if they're like, okay, we, we need you to justify why all this labor exploitation is good, actually, they train you as an economist. And this isn't strictly always true. There are some, like, hardcore academics who study, like, actual, hey, how does the economy really work? But no one listens to them, and they're, like, shut up in the ivory towers, so to speak, uh, while all the awards go to economists who, like, point out things which are politically expedient. It is a bullshit discipline, and anyone who's hired as an economist, it's like, if they're actually making money, it's because they're doing other stuff that the economy training has, like, basically given the credentials to do. Like, it's not because they have any understanding of how the actual world works, just... Economists, economists read Marx in the same way a certain type of guy watches Deep Space Nine and says, this Guldacat guy's pretty fucking good. Like, that's that's all it is. It's just, it's just oh, look at all this absolute fucking villainy. I like the sound of that. That's well justified. See, that's, that's more business school people. The, the economists are more the people who come in and go, well, this is clearly propaganda from the, you know, Bajorans. Um, let's tell the counter-narrative <laughs> from the Dukats, you know? It's like, hey, the, yeah. the Cardassians, like, their story needs to be told too. It's, it's just horseshit. It's pure obfuscation as a discipline. I should be allowed to see attention Bajoran workers whenever I want. Um, okay, so up next I, there's a there's a lot in this and i didn't do all of it obviously some of it's really not that well fleshed out the entire bit on the the welfare side of things is very much woolly and there's too many people on the second we need to identify why that is and make it not the case like it doesn't go into any specifics on it so there's yeah, nothing they, really worth they, talking they about and besides we've got enough fucking hell coming down the pipeline in that front anyway so yeah they, they can't say we want to gut like you know minimum wage and like benefits they can't just straight mm -hmm. up say hey slash it by half or whatever they're secretly lusting after or get rid of it yeah. entirely so instead like, actually say, oh, just this is a problem a brief brief sidebar on that like there are some fucking welfare reforms coming through off the back of that fucking king's speech pish um that is like on the face of it sounds really good and that we're going to do away with the work capability assessment which is like cool awesome uh, the well, long-term plan it is the big sign that says no. <laughs> no, I, I don't think. Well, that's the thing. So what they're going to do is they're going to get rid of that, but they're going to take away all of the like higher amounts that you would get. So you would just get the basic level without doing anything like that. But if you wanted to claim the 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 higher level stuff, um, it would go through as a separate thing. And to get that, you would need to go through a PIP assessment. So they're not actually doing away with it. If you want anything like close to money mm. that you can live on. Which you can't yeah, anyway. They do, they're doing it if, like, if you are temporarily out of work and have less than sixteen grand of savings and just want the basic support, then here you go, voter. This will not inconvenience you too much. Everyone else continue to get fucked. Uh, like, yeah. No, unfortunately not, because they're going to put way more onus on actually going to the job centre and being harangued by the job centre staff. Oh, womp womp. Yeah. It's a return to form. It's like, what What are all the worst possible fucking things that we've implemented over the last, like, 30 years of this shit? Let's do all of them at once. So, and isn't it, yeah. isn't it going to be your, uh, your bank's, like, legal requirement to grass you if they think you're yes. on the on the lamb or whatever it's like? Yep. If you've got income coming in that um, is not being declared, etc., that can be flagged by whatever fucking foul ancient COBOL system that they use. Um <laughs> Which, yeah, more cool shit. So that's that's good. That one will probably get challenged in courts, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a fucking lawyer. I don't know what the chances are of it, but it seems very invasion of privacy. Eh? So I don't know. That one might not actually fucking stick. It will stick for a while, and lots of people will lose their fucking benefits off the back of it because you know they'll they'll get caught fucking having five quid sent to them by their law or something like that. So who fucking knows? It's all fucked. Uh, but yeah, anyway, back to back to the fantastical fucked rather than the actual fucked. Uh, would you like to hear about the proposals for labour laws? No. Tough. I'm with Jamie. The, no. Well, the policies that are apparently holding back the UK's uh, score in the model that they've made, which is, you know, obviously it's a, it's a data model, so it's infallible, so that's fine, we need to go with it. 
minimum wage, associational rights, paid annual leave, notice period for redundancy dismissal, severance pay for redundancy dismissal, the labour force participation rate, restrictions on overtime work, and redundancy dismissal permitted by law. These are all problem areas that need solving, yeah. apparently. Mm. Couldn't, uh, you just, couldn't you just have written fuck workers' rights and crayon and called it a job done? It's, it's quite good, actually. Um, let, me, let me find the... Uh, the report says, uh, if the UK were to optimise its score in labour market flexibility, it could expect an associated increase of 4.6 to 5.1% in GDP per capita. We assume that it will not be practical to implement all the policies that may bring the UK into line with far eastern economies, but even catching up with Australia would raise GDP by 1.9%. Good to have high aims like matching Australia. Good shit. Uh, but not very specific ones that they think, like, these are the priority ones and these are the ones we could do. They want to lower the notice period and severance pay for redundancy dismissals. They want further efforts to improve labour force participation rate, which is, you know, code for sanctions. Uh, they want to eliminate restrictions on overtime work by deleting the EU Working Time Directive from the UK statute book. Um, they want to allow firms to dismiss employees more easily if business conditions require it and also adjust the minimum wage level. Adjust up? No, uh, this was part of the exclusive hard-hitting journalism from uh, The Mirror when they interviewed one of the guys uh, who's a co-chairman of the commission, and he said that actually it's trending up and it's going to be reaching 66% of the median wage, which is ridiculous, and what they would do is freeze it for a bit and then drop it down to 61% of the median wage. That's where it should be, apparently. Because businesses are struggling to pay their staff. Oh. I love when they say that, because the minimum wage is the base function that sets the floor for things like the median in the pay scale, right? Yeah. So, I like, you know, if, they, if they're raising it, then the median is raising as well. So, you know, just 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 minor nerd shit here. I, I don't know. Call me stupid, yeah. but I, I feel like cutting the minimum wage doesn't actually fix anything, especially in a time of inflation. No, no. But, oh, but, but the inflation is not their problem because they predicted it. Remember, and if only there were more libertarians in the Bank of England or whatever, then, you know, um, you know read that fucking in whatever way you want. Uh, the minimum wage at its current level is actually destroying jobs because employers can't afford to take people on. We calculate about 900,000 jobs are currently being made uncompetitive by the existence of the minimum wage. Right. If an employer can't afford to take people on, it's not because the minimum wage is too high, it's because their business is failing. Like, that's a shit business. Get a better business. But don't you understand, David, without a minimum wage, they could hire someone in exchange for a bowl of gruel who'd then be able mm -hmm. to do work. And, uh, you know, surely that, I mean, why hire a qualified forklift driver if you can just hire a pack of, you know, stout lads to eat the stuff around in exchange for mm -hmm. their daily gruel? I mean, admittedly, you'll have to cycle them periodically because they won't stay stout if you're just feeding them gruel, but that's an externality which an economist doesn't just, consider. Just think of all the, the, the terrible crime that you could solve by getting some wee bam off an electric bike and into an electric forklift instead. Everything will work out fine. Don't worry about it. So yeah, um, that's the fun, wonderful suggestions, but it's fine. We don't need to worry about any of that stuff because it's probably not going to happen uh, so it's it's all right, it's fine. What we do need to worry about, though, is minimum service levels, a thing that is actually going to get through fucking Parliament. So this so, is this is basically fuck strikers, right? Yes, yeah, oh, very much so, but in a very fucking cruel way. So the idea is that certain sectors will be required to provide minimum, or will have the option to, I, I believe... I think, but obviously they won't because they're public sector, so it's it's, it's that kind of bullshit language. But uh, they will be expected to, I guess, provide minimum service levels. Uh, and that 
covers health services, which is wide and varied, fire and rescue, education, transport, decommissioning of nuclear installations and management of radioactive waste and spent fuel, and also border security. So, like, one of those, I think, has a case for, yeah, we can't let you strike, and it's been anything to do with the nuclear side of stuff, frankly. Um, and the argument for that is, you know, you can't really risk environmental contamination or damage off the back of this, because that's, you know, that's not easily recoverable. But even fucking then, that just means pay them better. You know, that means yeah. you don't fuck around with that industry. Exactly, yeah. They should be able to strike, and the the threat behind the fucking striking is exactly what makes that effective. Like, it's exactly it's why I always go off my about fucking doctors just fucking strike, nurses just fucking just have a strike, just do it. You will fucking shut down everything and cause absolute merry hell. Just fucking do it because the price of you not getting what you want immediately on saying we might strike should be met by the fucking government, and if they don't, it's on them. Um. But yeah, so the way this is going to work is that seven days or more before a strike, uh, bosses will be allowed to hand a list of people to the union that they deem necessary for work. And then the union has to take reasonable steps to make sure that anyone on that list who is a union member comply with the work notice to, quote, maintain statutory protection from proceedings in tort brought by the employer in relation to an act done by the union to induce a person to take part or to continue to take part in a strike. Which basically would result in if they don't do whatever the fuck reasonable steps are, uh, the employer would then either be able to seek damages for the strike or have the entire strike declared illegal and therefore prevent the whole thing happening at all. So that's great. So either no strike because the strike's been declared illegal or they sue the union and bust the strike fund. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, if a trade union fails to take reasonable steps, this would mean that the strike is not protected um, under whatever section of the Act. Uh, so any employees that took part in the strike, uh, if they were induced to strike by the union, those employees would lose automatic protection from unfair dismissal. And that's regardless of whether they were identified in a work notice or not. Where if this if this sort of stuff does come down the pipeline, like you know, years from now, we're basically heading back towards full on wildcat strikes, like militant unionism. Because at that point, like, do these fuckers not understand that if they make the institutions of unions that have been successfully captured in this country, if they make them completely redundant and useless, then you're essentially going back to like you know worker revolt. Do they not get that? Do they not understand that this is the least bad system those libertarian assholes can hope for? Like, yeah. Um, problem is, this isn't libertarian assholes. This is the actual government. This is an actual paper, and it's actually going to get put through Parliament. This was on gov.uk. So? Oh shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is a thing that actually is fucking worth worrying about, as opposed to the the mad shit before it. Um. The union is also supposed to identify the workers, which are union members that are named in any work notice, and if they fuck that up, then, well, it said reasonable steps, so it's up to the courts to figure out whether or not they actually took reasonable steps. So it's another excuse to fucking take unions and pull them right through the courts. And once these poor cunts that have been put on the work notice have been identified by the union, the union then has to go to them directly so it's, it, it says via email, if possible, if not, first class post. Um, and not only advise them not to strike, but also they have to encourage them to comply with the work notice, which the the paperwork that I, I got from the gov.uk website uh, says that it refers to this as a compliance notice. So the union will if, issue you with a compliance notice. And what happens if you ignore that? then possibly the union is fine, uh, but you yourself are not, uh, very much not. So, let me just see. Where's the bit? Yeah. That could, that could completely fuck you as an individual, and you wouldn't be 
protected from unfair dismissal in any way, shape or form. So you, you wouldn't necessarily be able to even take it to a tribunal. You could just get fucking papped out and that's you. Because you did an illegal, which you're not allowed to do. Um, just also, saying, it's not that. over. That's illegal. Yeah, this isn't over either. There's more to it. This also affects picketing. So when picketing... Yes, it does. Yep. The union, through the picket supervisor, must use reasonable endeavours to ensure that picketers avoid, so far as reasonably practicable, trying to persuade members who are identified on the work notice not to cross the picket line. Doesn't say how to do that. There's no way to know how to do that. But you could argue at some point, if some fucking horrible little dweeb gets stopped at the picket line, try to cross and go into the fucking workplace and gets persuaded or, or like they attempt to persuade him not to strike and he doesn't bother to identify himself as one of the people on that list, he could go to the bosses and then the bosses would then have a case to go, hmm, doesn't seem like all reasonable steps have been taken here and that's court time. Like, it's such a fucking bullshit and it puts every fucking effort to make the union out to be a complicit cunt the whole time. Here is a compliance notice from the union. Like, they even include a fucking, um, like, a, an example letter. It is over a solid page of writing so that you would receive that and it'd be a page and a half easy. From the union, and it keeps, name of union, name of union, name of union. It's constantly through that. It's just fucking miserable. It's horrible. Um, the... I just, I'm just sitting here and the more I think about this, the more it becomes very obvious that what should be happening in the union space in the UK is there should be massive recruitment drives um, to basically get unions to the point where essentially eh, none of this shit can work if the unions say no. But unfortunately, that there's like a required union militancy in order to get those drives to be successful. But the laws yeah, which is pretty much gone. And yeah. that's the reason so, that transport's included in that. They're the only like obviously non-public sector workers on that list that I can see. Like that are proper transport services. Yeah, yeah like they're, they're properly unionized and they've been very fucking effective in what they've been doing, and that's why they're being punished for it. Um, I mean, actually, it's part part of this is for the picket and stuff. Um, when it says about uh, how to avoid persuading members who are identified on the work notice, this could be achieved by explaining to members on a picket line that some union members have been identified in a work notice and are required to work notwithstanding the strike, and that members who are picketing should not encourage these union members not to cross the picket line. However, the union's also not necessarily like obligated to say who those people are and tell people on the picket line. People on the picket line might not know. There may be a big workplace. There might be quite a lot of people who have been fucking dished out with one of these horrible notices. Um, but the union, it specifically says unions are not required to notify the picket supervisor of the names of union members identified in the work notice. And there's no requirement for the picket supervisor or other picketers to ask workers approaching the picket line whether they are identified in a work notice. There's just like, there's no way to fucking know who is affected by this. So it's so easy to make a fuck up that would then be potentially moved on to the courts. It's a it's horrible gonna... dog shit piece of legislation. Again, if they make unions effectively useless, they're not able to do any of the functions that a union is supposed to do, then what's going to happen is people will stop joining them. Hooray, yes, we've succeeded. We've crushed the unions. And yep. then they'll just start, they'll not stop doing action. They will do action, and not only that, they will escalate the action. Um, and then we'll be like, what, do they think, oh, we'll just send the police in to machine gun them? Do they not? History is right there. History is right fucking there. Like, that do ended. they think this time? Oh. We're in history too now. No one knows how that one ends, so it's fine. I swear this is a problem with ruling classes. Eventually they think, well, this time's different. And they'd learn nothing. They just never learn anything from it. They're always just like, oh, well, this time, this time I think we can actually keep our boot on the poor's. This time they can eat cake. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I just, the words fail me. It's, yeah. they, they're, they're literally looking at this and going, 
ah, well, there's this bulwark we've got in place, which is the Fabians and, like, the captured British Unions are holding back, like, any, like, real organising. So let's, like, fucking put a bullet in the head of these captive... At- like, let's kill the Judas goat, and uh, then mm. all the goats will come into the slaughterhouse without taking their attack. Like, what? It's just so stupid. Yeah, but, I mean, what do you really expect from this government or the alternative government? Like it's it's fun because this this absolutely will not fucking be repealed in any way, shape, or form if Labour were to win the next election, which they won't anyway, so it's fine. But like it's just the it's fucked. It's all awful, horrible shit. Uh, so if you are a member of a union, um, which you obviously are, um, then you know fucking speak to other people in your union about this and see what can be done to fight it. Uh. Right to your fucking MP or that pish. Unfortunately, this is part of the system where that's actually a thing that's fucking part of what you can do. So, I also make make a lot of noise and other such things um about it because it's fucking dog shit and it shouldn't be allowed to go through. Good fucking luck, but yeah, because if it's if it's rolled out to those fucking areas, you know where it will fucking rolled out elsewhere. It'll be fucking everyone else after that because why not? If we can do it to the fucking rail unions, then why not be able to do it to every other fucking union? Well, fortunately, we do have a bulwark of private industry unions in the UK who will be able to rise up and... No? Oh. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. So yeah, do all that shit and fucking whatever whatever you can because shit's fucked and it's not going to get any better um, unless events... But yeah, uh, so I think we'll probably wrap this up. But before we do, Jamie has very kindly went into the mines and got us some comment or commentary out together. That's that's fucking right. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> here we go. Suella, don't allow yourself to be driven anywhere, and definitely don't go near any underpasses or tunnels. Comment or commentary. <laughs> fucking hell. Who oh, is making out? Like, yeah, I, I want that to be commentary up because I desperately want to know what the link is between Braverman and Princess Diana. I, I, I wanted to be comment just because if that's the standard of our like public discourse, then we're in really dodgy oh, territory. Come, so come on, I'll go comment. Sweet summer child, etc. Yeah, uh, 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 commentary. Hope, hope lives eternal. That was a comment in the Express. Ah, hey, there we go. Oh, but it would be the fucking Express. <laughs> All right, second the one. Daily Diana. Mm. Well done, those protesters. They have taken away the reason for remembrance and armistice days and made it all about them. Thank you very much for coming to this country and showing complete disrespect. Thank you to the Mayor of London, the Met Police, and this government for allowing them to do so. Comment or commentariat? Ooh. Commentariat. That feels like yeah. commentariat. I'm going to go comment on that one. This country just kind of... That was a bit much. Uh, it was a comment in the Daily Mail. Nah, fair. Okay. All right. Braverman was the only person standing up for British people. <laughs> we are not racist or against anyone else's religion. We are just passionate about our country, our history, our values, and our heritage. The march should have been stopped on Saturday. I, as a British person, wouldn't go to another country and disrespect their culture. Comment or commentaria? Commentaria, and it's going to be like Richard Madeley or something. Yeah, I think you're right, David. Like, I, in my heart, I want to believe it's comment, but I think it's, it's got that vibe. It's got that vibe mm-hmm. of like, it's not like Richard Littlejohn levels, but it's in, it's in that area, you know. So yeah, uh, commentaria. That was a comment on GB News. Oh, they're reproducing. This individual is trying to be relevant after being sacked from her career. She's lucky to live in the USA. Her homeland wouldn't tolerate her career, her freedom, or her potty mouth. Is that comment or commentary? It's Meghan Markle, is what it is. It definitely is. Yeah, Uh, commentary. Uh, Commentary because it's Markle. Uh, No, it was a comment on the Daily Mail, and it was actually about Mia Khalifa, who said that. Joining the armed forces was selling your body to your country. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. All right, last one. 
Right. Leaving with grace and dignity is an entirely forgotten concept nowadays. Vitriolic diatribes, however true, only reflect badly on the sender. We now have another resentful female to add to the 44-day PM and she who fooled a prince. Is that comment or commentary? <laughs> uh, um, that one comment. did have Markle, so I'm going to say commentary because it had it, it was Markle was invoked in it. That was a comment in the Express. Oh, all Oops, comments. All comments. Oh dear. All right. Okay. Cool. That was that was awful. That <laughs> was fucking terrible. <laughs> we live in a normal, healthy country. It's just everything. Don't is great. we just? Like the, Don't the we just? The population is absolutely sane. But actually, like before we finish, though, that fucking comment about oh, you know, those protesters coming over here, and it's like yeah, mm-hmm. there was. This, this, I mean, I included two, but there was a bunch more. That seems to be the line among like fucking Facebook dads is that uh, no no English people took part in that march. No, yeah, it was all like you're, you're, it was all Mexican Hamas members who crossed the yeah. border and then got a flight over. Yeah, just fucking. I, I love the idea of it. It's just like there's now we're now getting to this thing where you can be essentially declared ethnically brown, just like you know by by force of will. Like you can be declared mm. anti-Semitic if you're Jewish, and you can be declared ethnically brown even if you're you know a, a like. The pasty driven white as the snow, like with your fucking bowler hat and like, you know, uh, briefcase under arm kind of levels of English stereotype. That doesn't matter if you if you step out of like political orthodoxy, then that's it. You're going into the subaltern and shut the fuck up like normal. This is fine. I'm not scared. Saying I wish we could transcend race into the monkey's paw. <laughs> <laughs> Good fucking God. Well. That will do us for this week, I think. Um, it has been a fucking nightmare, as it always is. So thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, you can get us on Blue Sky, uh, PraxisCast, B-Sky Social, and you can get bonus episodes on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash PraxisCast. We do one bonus episode a month. Occasionally there's some other things as well. We're not very regular with the occasional extra schedule, but you do get one bonus episode a month. And and you get you to join can... the Discord. Yes, where and you the get party to join never the stops. True, we we never stop posting, especially me because I, I get rid of Twitter and now I just post on the Discord because I don't really like Blue Sky that much. <laughs> it's got a bad UI. It really annoys me. Um, but yeah, uh, also merch is available. That is uh, come for the bad UI and stay for the fucking like racist Germans. Oh, Jesus, the Germans oh, are insane Jesus. on that app. Yeah. Fucking, oh, what, what a vibe the Germans on Blue Sky are. Fucking hell. Um, we need, we yeah, need another anyway. Soviet Union, quite frankly, to sort them out. I have been saying this. For some time now, I have been saying this. Uh, but yeah, that, that will do us. Uh, we'll catch you all next week on the next free episode. And yeah, uh, catch you then. Right, see ya. Bye.